It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. What do we have on tap? Well, only way to find that out, you have to tune in. You have to grab your ticket, get on board, put your seatbelt on. Most importantly, enjoy the ride. That's right. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and your conductor, Anthony Smith. And we are getting ready to get this train on the track. So let's get rolling. train sports talk podcast with your host and conductor anthony smith grab your tickets get on board and enjoy the ride it's the a train sports talk podcast all aboard Smith, it has been a while, and since the last time I've been on, a lot has happened, taken place, and here we are on a Tuesday evening, and the dust has settled, and the last time I was here, I was wondering if one coach would actually be moving on. Well, the reality is, he has. Yep. Prime Time has a new place of residence in the beautiful mountains of Boulder, Colorado, on the campus of Colorado University. No longer the pitch man, the hype man for Jackson State University. No longer the voice box of HBCUs, but hopefully, they can take the baton and build off of what he created. No more Dion at the HBCU level. But one thing is a guarantee. He left Jackson State University in a better place than when he arrived. And I can't help but to believe that he also helped fund some of the improvements of the facility. So for that, hats off. So we're going to be looking heavy at the impact of the Deion Sanders move from Jackson, Mississippi to Boulder, Colorado and taking on the Colorado head coaching job.
first thing you need to know. Deion Sanders says son Shador will be Colorado's QB after leaving Jackson State. And it went down like this. Deion Sanders just took over as head coach at Colorado, and he appears to already have his starting quarterback for the 2023 season. At his introductory press conference after being named to the position, Sanders indicated his son Shador would join him in Boulder, Colorado and suit up for the Buffaloes. Chris Hummer of 24-7 Sports noted, Shador Sanders hasn't officially entered the transfer portal, which opens Monday, but that his, his transfer from Jackson State is considered a foregone conclusion. Shador has thrown for 3,383 yards and 36 touchdowns while running for 174 yards and five touchdowns this season. It's unclear whether he intends to play in the Celebration Bowl on December 17, which pits Jackson State against North Carolina Central. And let me just put a plug right there. Dion let it be known that they still have unfinished business at Jackson State. That's to win the championship. And if Shador is his dad's son, he will follow his dad's lead. Shador will be playing in that game. His transfer could have a domino effect for Colorado's quarterback situation. J.T. Shrout, who transferred from Tennessee in 2021, just finished up his first year under center for the Buffaloes. With 1,220 yards and, 70 touch and seven touchdowns, he was the team's leading passer. Sanders' imminent arrival might have Shrout evaluating all of his transfer options. True freshman Owen McCowan already announced his intention to enter the portal, and there's seemingly no chance he'll walk back that decision now. McCowan finished with 600 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions in his four appearances in 2022. Sunday's press conference illustrated how Coach Prime intends to hit the ground running. Colorado, which has, which has five, ten lost seasons, since 2006 is a massive rebuilding project in the era of NIL and the one-time transfer rule a program can be rejuvenated with just one offseason and that's what the Buffaloes intend to do with Sanders there may not be a program that hits the transfer portal harder than Colorado and it has a coach who can potentially bring elite talent to Boulder Bruce Feldman tweeted out, said, Bruce Feldman, who's at Bruce Feldman CFB, never seen a coach's introductory press conference quite like the one Colorado just had. There is no coach who could fire up a beleaguered fan base any better than Dion just did. He's made CU football nationally relevant again, immediately. Pat Ford, at by Pat Ford, first season, first reason why hiring Dion is a great move. Nobody can even remember the last time there was buzz around Colorado football. At least Sanders can cross off the quarterback position for now.
So what else is there in regards to this very news right here? Well, how about Sanders? Deion Sanders joining Colorado causes recruits to decommit from Jackson State. Well, that was imminent. Wide receiver Robert Lockhart III, offensive tackle Jordan Hall, and defensive back Tawan Wilson announced they have decommitted from Jackson State amid news of Deion Sanders taking a head coaching position at Colorado. All three players made their announcements on social media. Sanders closed out an undefeated 2022 season Saturday, a SWAC championship game win over Southern, and was then almost immediately introduced as Colorado's next coach. The Hall of Fame cornerback went 27-5 and over three seasons at Jackson State while bringing national media attention to football at historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. The national cachet helped Sanders land a number of high-profile recruits who otherwise would have attended FBS Powers. Five-star cornerback Travis Hunter committed to Sanders and was dominant in his freshman season at Jackson State. It seems likely Hunter and quarterback Shadur Sanders, Deion's son, will lead a class of players who will follow Coach Prime from Jackson State to Colorado. Wide receivers Kevin Coleman Jr. and Cordarius Davis, defensive lineman Katron Evans, and cornerback Dewan Warren are among the other high-profile names currently on the Jackson State roster who could become notable transfers. Sanders had not looked in a single Sanders had not locked in a single four-star or better recruit in his 2023 class, but that will likely soon change as he makes the transition to the Pac-12. Wide receiver Isaiah Kendall and linebackers Kofi Taylor Barracks and J.C. Ward are the top players remaining in Jackson State's 2023 class at the moment. So right out the bat, you look at the impact and the effect of the move of Deion Sanders going from Jackson State to Colorado. But what I'm, I will be willing to see is what effect will it have on HBCUs as a whole? Tell you what I'm going to do right here. I am going to pause and take a break. And when I come back, we will most likely be looking at some more Deion Sanders news as it relates to Jackson State University as well as Colorado. So, stay on board. The A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. We are just now building up ahead of steam. Don't you go nowhere. Right back. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P, is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. 
We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star as well as national brands such as Siegel, and Dietz. Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. In season, we stock hard-to-find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, and goods, candy, snacks, and drinks. the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Grab your tickets, get on board, and enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. All aboard! number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas because of the news that I bring. You know you like it, you know you enjoy it. And if I sound brash and braggadocious, well, look who I'm talking about on the show tonight. I'm talking about the man who put the swag in the swag. The man who, when you ask him what kind of fragrances he's wearing, he said, I don't wear cologne. I'm wearing confidence. And he goes as far as to say it like this. Don't let my confidence. How'd he say it? To the point, he said, don't let my, here's what he said. He said, don't let my confidence upset your insecurities or something to that effect don't let my confidence offend your insecurities that's what he said don't let my confidence offend your insecurities so let's look at some of the things that Deion Sanders did in his short time at Jackson State University Deion Sanders put a great spotlight on Jackson State and HBCUs yet his departure for Colorado is sad. It's things that Deion Sanders has left Jackson State University for the University of Colorado. Sanders brought a great deal of positive attention to the program and the rich history of JSU football, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. Yet surveying the list of 68 
head coaches at Power Five conference programs reveals a homogeneous group and a depressingly familiar reality of the football head coaching ranks. For as bad as the NFL's hiring record of black men is, is worse among FBS schools and P5 programs in particular. So seeing Sanders hired by a Pac-12 school is a good thing. In the current hiring cycle, seven P5 programs had openings at head coach. Auburn, Colorado, Stanford, Georgia Tech, Wisconsin, Arizona State, and Nebraska. Six had been filled entering Sunday afternoon, with Stanford still open. Of those hires, only Sanders is not a white man. Among the hires was Auburn shamefully getting Hugh Freeze, the top model for having the complexion for the protection. He got hired by a second SEC school despite a list of transgressions that includes highly questionable conduct toward minors, privately messaging or massaging a woman who accused his players at liberty of sexual assault, and lying to recruits and their families while trying to pin much of his wrongdoings on a predecessor. But hey, he might win a few games, so who cares, right? Overall this year, 17 of the thir- of the 131 FBS schools had or have had coaching openings, and of the 10 that have been filled, Sanders is the only non-white man hired. If we go back a year before this current hiring cycle of the 29 FBS schools that brought in new head coaches, just six tapped black men and other men of color. It's rare that coaches at HBCUs get consideration from P5 schools, let alone hired. And Sanders is getting a massive pay bump. If his approach at Jackson State translates to Colorado and he has success, it would be a great thing for him and maybe have a trickle-down effect. I think Dion's a great example of somebody who should and deserves a chance because he's a football guy. Mike Loxley, head coach at Maryland and founder of the National Coalition of Minority Football Coaches, told Yahoo Sport. He's one of the best to do it in terms of playing and then now, the acumen he's shown in coaching. It shows what he's capable of. There's a lot of Dion's out there. I think Dion's shining the light of what can happen at places like HBCUs. And it only opens up more opportunities for us to dive into the HBCUs where we've had a ton of great coaches. I think what Dion has done and the light he has shown on HBCUs, he has also shown a bigger light that there are capable coaches that are on that level, that have the tools necessary to do it, whether it's on that level or at a PWI institution. What could Deion Sanders have done with more years at Jackson State? Loxley's coalition launched an academy in 2021 to help minority coaches get the off-field experience and connections necessary for head coaching jobs. Participants Tony Elliott and Marcus Freeman have since gotten high-profile gigs. 
Elliott at Virginia, and Freeman at Notre Dame. There's a nagging feeling that Sanders left too soon or maybe shouldn't have left at all. Yes, yes, for you or me, a chance to change jobs and earn significantly more money is almost impossible to pass up. I get that. HBCUs have a mission that is vastly different than every other college and university. Their function isn't solely to educate future professionals. They offer a community and a support system for black students they don't get at other schools, commonly called predominantly white institutions, or PWIs. They're seen and nurtured in many of the things that have to be explained or endured at a PWI just don't at an HBCU. In the days of segregation, many HBCU athletic programs were powerhouses. Tennessee State Tiger Bells track and field team gave us 23 Olympic medals, including the iconic Wilma Rudolph. 10% of players inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame played at an HBCU. 10 members of the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame called an HBCU their alma mater. Once the staunch segregationists at schools realized they'd have to let black athletes onto their teams and campuses if they were going to keep enjoying sporting success, the combination of a sharp and steady decline in funding for public colleges plus the wide pool of deep-pocketed boosters PWIs can count on for facilities, improvements, and other enticements have imperiled HBCUs, athletically and academically. Sanders' arrival in Jackson and his repeated declarations that coaching the Tigers was a calling was a major shot in the arm for the school and a city that has seemingly been abandoned, even by the state officials who call the capital their workplace. As recently as October, Sanders was on 60 Minutes saying that he accepted the offer to coach Jackson State three months after the murder of George, George Floyd because a lot of folks sit back with Twitter fingers and talk about what they're going to do. I wanted to do it. Do what? Change lives. Change the perspective of HBCU football. Make everyone step to the plate and do right by these kids, he said. He certainly may have impacted lives. And in two years, he got the Tigers back to the top of the SWAC and left JSU's facility better than he found it. But what could he have done with three more years? Eight, ten? The traveling circus that is ESPN's college game day was in Jackson this season, showcasing the beauty and pomp that is HBCU life for a huge national audience. It happened because of Sanders' allure, though it should have happened years ago. If not at JSU, then before another big HBCU showdown. It's a tough deal, man, Loxley said. You know he's been able to make take advantage of that job and add to it. He's given us more firepower that is not just assistance at the Power 5 level. That could be head coaching candidates, but head coaches at that level. Grambling State legend Eddie Robinson understood the mission. He had opportunities to be a head coach elsewhere. He didn't take them. It likely cost his family a great deal of financial security, but he understood that he wasn't coaching just football players. He was coaching young black men for life in a country where they have deep ancestral roots but are still treated as unwelcome visitors 
in policy and practice. Sanders said he knew the assignment, but it feels like he handed in his work too early and unfinished. So the poll question tonight, based on that, will be, do you think Deion Sanders left his job unfinished? It remains to be seen. Moving right along, this segment might be a little bit lengthy, but I'm going to look at some players who could enter transfer portal from Jackson State. Five Jackson State football players primed for transfer portal with Deion Sanders' departure. The Deion Sanders era for Jackson State will end after the Celebration Bowl on December 17th. Colorado announced the hiring of the Jackson State coach on Saturday, hours after the Tigers defeated Southern 43-24 to win back-to-back SWAC championships. Now, what I want to do right here is, before I go on with the story, I want to, if I can, I want to actually play some audio. I will catch it already in progress. Thank you. 
an opportunity to, to not only win, but understanding the heart and the philosophy of what it takes to win. So it's so much bigger than the game of football that we're trying to teach here at Jackson State. I'm not enthusiastically happy where I am. And we have worked together. We have worked together. So I hope you actually heard what he had said, had to say about his about his current situation and moving forward. So Sanders, who delivered Jackson State its first conference championship since 2007, expressed his desire for assistant coach T.C. Taylor to become his successor in a team meeting following the victory. However, retaining members of his staff may not curtail the fallout that bounds, that's bound for the Tigers following his departure. Three-star recruit Robert Lockhart III decommitted from JSU following Colorado's announcement. Five foot seven, 175 pound wide receiver was the highest ranked prospect in Jackson State's 2023 recruiting class. The transfer portal also provides an avenue for some players to leave Jackson State now that Sanders and his stardom is no longer attached to the program. Sanders addressed that in, a, in Saturday's team meeting. Now, what I don't want you to do is thinking something is better on the other side in regards to some of you, Sanders said. I would like I would like have the opportunity to meet with some of you so you don't go jump in the portal and you die in the portal. I don't want that to happen. Sanders can express his concerns, but Jackson State will lose some of his players to the transfer portal as the dust settles into an off-season of change. It's hard to believe his son, Shadur Sanders, the SWAC Offensive Player of the Year, won't follow him to Boulder. Here are seven candidates from JSU to enter the transfer portal. Shadur Sanders, quarterback. Shadur Sanders came with his father to Jackson State, and he'll leave with him as well. The SWAC Offensive Player of the Year joined his father in Colorado for Sunday's introductory press conference after passing for 3,403 yards and 36 touchdowns in 12 games this season. He also had five rushing TDs. The sophomore would instantly be in the mix for the Buffalo's starting job after Colorado 1-8 had nine passing TDs this season. Travis Hunter, defensive back, wide receiver. Deion Sanders won the 2021 SWAC championship, but landing former five-star recruit Travis Hunter helped show programs across the country how powerful he could be on the recruiting trail. Hunter was the number one recruit in the class of 2022 according to the 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings, and Deion Sanders got him to decommit from Florida State to join the Tigers. The star freshman had 141 receiving yards and two TDs, along with 11 tackles and two interceptions in seven games, part of an injury-riddled freshman season. Hunter will have plenty of suitors if he doesn't travel to de- travel with Deion Sanders to Colorado. Kevin Coleman Jr., wide receiver. Hunter made most of the headlines in JSU's last recruiting class, but Coleman was a highly rated recruit himself. The four-star recruit was the number six wide receiver nationally. 
Swack, freshman of the year, had 25 catches for 338 yards and two TDs in 12 games. Coleman received offers from Florida State, Miami, and Oregon, among others, before committing to the Tigers. Niles Gaddy, edge rusher. The all-swack first-team selection had 40 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, and seven sacks in 12 games. Gaddy, a Tennessee transfer, also had two forced fumbles. Savion Wilkerson, running back. The West Virginia transfer led the Tigers with 212 carries for 1,100 rushing yards and nine touchdowns in 12 games. Wilkerson played a huge role in the Jackson State offense after JSU's 16-3 victory over Tennessee State in the Southern Heritage Classic on September the 10th. So there you have a list of some of the players who could most likely end up in the portal, whether they follow Dion or not remains to be seen. Some of them I think it's a no-brainer. Travis Hunter, Shador, and Kevin Coleman Jr. I think those three definitely go. Everything else could be wide open. So what I'm going to do, as much as I want to give you some more Deion Sanders news, there is more news outside of Deion Sanders. So what I'm going to do right here is I am going to take another break. And when I come back, I will give you some more news as it, it relates to sports. It could be some NFL or it could be some rumors. You never know. That's why this journey is so unpredictable. That's also why you like being aboard the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. So don't go nowhere. I'll be right back. Reindeer's coming out to play. Santa Claus is packing the presents. Making sure you've been behaving okay. Merry Christmas, honey. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P, is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita, including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star as well as national brands such as Siegel and Dietz. Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. In season, we stock hard-to-find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, and goods, candy, snacks, and drinks. the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Grab your tickets, get on board, and enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. All aboard! 
Welcome back to the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. That's right, it is the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas. Not being braggadocious, just being confident. And as Coach Prime said, don't let my confidence offend your insecurities. If you ask what I'm wearing, it's called confidence. And I'm glad you're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast because I take you on the best ride of your life. So, yes, I said I was going to move on off the Sanders deal, and I am right after this particular article right here because uh, there are some names to take into consideration who could possibly be the next replacement. Let's just put it out right now. You're not going to stop the massive floodgate of players that are looking at leaving. But at least you can get some body in that can at least put a Band-Aid over the cut. Maybe stop the wound. Maybe break out the gauze tape. Stick it in the wound and stop the bleeding from being ferocious. So Jackson State should consider at least four names and I'm pretty sure they have a long list of names, but here's a short list due to the fact that I want to get on to my next topic at hand. But Jackson State should consider there are these four names to replace Deion Sanders. With news of Deion Sanders' departure to Colorado, fresh off the presses, Jackson State finds itself having to transition to life after Coach Prime. Here are a few names that should be on the list of consideration to lead the next JSU era. Ed Reed, University of Miami football chief of staff. University of Miami legend and pro football hall of fame player last coached in 2016 when he was an assistant defensive backs coach with the Buffalo Bills. Although Reed lacks a wealth of experience, he does bring name recognition and his South Florida ties could be a foothold to that recruiting hotbed. Eric Bieniemy, Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. In his five years as the architect of the Chiefs offense, the unit has ranked no lower than seventh in the NFL. Bieniemy's system helped foster the development of Patrick Mahomes into an MVP quarterback. His influence also aided the talents of Travis Kelsey into one of the best tight ends in the league and allowed Tyreek Hill to become one of the most dangerous and prolific wide receivers in the NFL. Multiple NF teams have demonstrated reticence in offering the enemy a head coach position, but Jackson State should not. Vincent Dancy, Mississippi Valley State University head coach. Although Dancy has only a 10 and 38 record at Valley, he has consistently fielded teams who compete at a level that belies that win and loss count. Dancy is a Jackson State alum, where he was, where he was a four-year football letterman and a defensive coach from twenty from two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen as the safeties coach at a school in Jackson State that appears willing to invest in and elevate its football program. Dancy's coaching ability would be able to put on would be able to be put on full display. 
Herman Edwards, ESPN analyst. Despite the manner in which his tenure ended at Arizona State University, Edwards has compiled a 26-20 and 20 overall record with the Sun Devils, including trips to three bowl games, the Las Vegas Bowl in 2018 and 2021, and Sun Bowl in 2019. If he could be pried away from ESPN, Edwards could be a solid bridge to stabilize the program. So there you have a few names that could be possible replacements for Coach Deion Sanders as he has moved on to Colorado. So now I'm going to shift over to some NFL talk. As you saw Sunday night, the Dallas Cowboys basically steamrolled the Indianapolis Colts. Outside of the game being a walk in the park, a laugher, something different happened. Ezekiel Elliott came off the bench for the first time in Cowboys' career due to what Jerry Jones called a disciplinary issue. Yes, sometimes Jones do things that is laughable. The Dallas Cowboys, and specifically team owner Jerry Jones, have been unwavering in their loyalty to running back Ezekiel Elliott. Whenever Jones has been asked, he doesn't allow for a small possibility that Elliott isn't the focal point of Dallas's offense. Every single game, Dallas is suited. Every single game, Elliott has suited up for the Cowboys before Sunday. He started. On Sunday night, that streak was broken. In Elliott's 98th game, he didn't start. Tony Pollard started for the Cowboys and played the entire first series. Some of the tweets that went out. After the game, Jones told reporters it's due to a disciplinary issue. So, Jory Epstein, at Jory Epstein, Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott didn't start for First time in his career. Jerry Jones said it was due to a disciplinary, a discipline issue. Jory Epstein. Follow up with Jerry Jones for more context here. No off-field behavior or major issues per Jerry. Phone going off in a meeting type of issue, he said. Jerry also emphasized this is not a demotion. I told you, Jerry does some things that are laughable. This is one of them. While who starts in the NFL isn't the big deal, it used to be, especially in a shared backfield. Pollard getting the start was significant for the Cowboys. For a long time, practically everyone has been yelling that Pollard needs to start and take on a bigger role for the Cowboys. Pollard is more explosive and brings a big playability Elliott doesn't have. Dallas had resisted that switch, though Pollard's role continued to grow in recent weeks. It doesn't mean Elliott doesn't play a lot. He came in during Dallas' second series. He picked up a big first down on a fourth and one on that series. He finished the night with 17 carries to Pollard's 12. But it was still notable. When Elliott missed time earlier this season due to injury, 
Pollard had some huge games and showed he can be a featured back. Pollard started to get more snaps and touches, though Elliott still got plenty of work too. Elliott will still be a big part of the offense going forward. He just wasn't to start Sunday night football. So, based on what Jerry Jones said and what happened, is there a running back controversy in Dallas? I tend to say no, there is not no running back controversy in Dallas. As a matter of fact, I'm one of the ones that will sound a whistle and go off and say this. I, I talk to people on a regular basis. I talk to Dallas Cowboy fans. I talk to so-called Dallas Cowboy fans. And I talk to people who just want to talk Dallas Cowboy football, don't have a dog in the fight, and really don't have a football mind and don't understand simple logic. What I will say is this, and maybe you think I'm naive in my thinking. While a lot of so-called fans are clamoring saying that Dallas need to cut ties with Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott is not the player he once was. I can name a list of players who weren't what they once were, especially at the running back position, because as you age and all those hits you take, it takes its toll on you. I know Ezekiel Elliott has a contract that's about to expire within the next year or so. Some are saying that they ought to terminate that contract and send Elliott on his way. I disagree with that. If you look at the NFL, outside of teams like the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry, at best you need a two-back system. Dallas has that. Each back brings something different to the table. Yet, at the end of the day, the one thing they have in common is they want to win. And anybody that will listen to me, I will go as far as to say this. I believe that if there is a back who was not envy of his running back mate, it would be one Ezekiel Elliott. We've seen how that played out with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Le'Veon Bell. He wanted to go elsewhere. Started name-calling different players in the organization, namely one Ben Roethlisberger. Became a distraction in the locker room. Me, I think Ezekiel is anything but. He will stand up for his quarterback when everybody else wants to criticize him and nitpick every little old mistake. Ezekiel Elliott, I believe, is the ultimate consummate team player. I believe that when his contract is up and it's time to renegotiate, I think he will negotiate with Tony Pollard in mind. Because Tony Pollard has a contract that's coming up and you're going to have to pay him. And that's where I believe that Ezekiel Elliott will restructure his contract to make sure Tony Pollard gets paid. Why would I say that? How could I believe something like that? How could I be so naive as some of you would probably think as to think something like that? Look at Ezekiel Elliott's body language on the sideline when he's not out on the field. He's not pouting. 
He's not going on Twitter saying, this other guy is taking my touches. I need the ball in my hand. No, he supports his running back mate. To me, that's a team player who's not after the individual accolades and all the individual awards, but I believe for the sake of the team, all he wants to do is hoist a trophy. So what else do we have on tap? How about the 49ers announced major news on Jimmy Garoppolo? It's a good thing that Brock Purdy looked good on Sunday because the San Francisco 49ers are going to need him going forward. Kyle Shanahan announced at his post-game press conference on Sunday that Jimmy Garoppolo took a broken foot in week 13 and is out for the season. He'll be out. As a matter of fact, Those were the words of one Kyle Shanahan. He says he'll be out. He'll be out. He'll end up needing surgery. Broke a few things in there, Shanahan said, of Garoppolo's foot. Shanahan said he got that news during the second quarter of, of his 49ers 33-17 win over the Miami Dolphins. Purdy, who was the Mr. Irrelevant in the 2022 draft, took over and played well. He went 25 of 37 for 210 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. The Niners improved to 8-4 and four with the win. San Francisco is now down to their third-string quarterback. They began the season with Trey Lance as their starter and replaced him with Garoppolo after Lance suffered a season-ending injury in week one. Lance was knocked out for the season with a broken ankle. So, now the question is, what do 49ers do? Because now they're down to their third-string quarterback, and you need to pick up a backup for your third stringer. I can just about guarantee you this. Based on how that organization is ran, 
You don't hear no you don't hear no controversy, especially at the quarterback position. Their hearts went out to Trey Lance when he was injured. At the same time, you have someone to come in who already has a locker room. And now the team is going to rally around Purdy. One thing the 49ers are not going to do is bring in a Baker Mayfield. That will not happen. Because if you look at the definition, if you look up distraction in the dictionary, that's what Baker Mayfield is, a distraction. That if you are a playoff contention team, that is something that you don't want, is that distraction, which Baker Mayfield has become. Well, it is time for me to bring this train into the station. However, I hope you have enjoyed the ride as much as I have enjoyed being your conductor. I will be back with you probably this week, Lou, later on this week. But until the next time, take care of yourself and each other. If I don't come back this week, have a blessed week. I hope to be back with you guys soon. Once again, the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride.